Hello and welcome to the SJ Chronicles. It is 10 past 10 nearly, Thursday the 22nd of February 2018. So I see that Anchor has got a completely new look, um, download a new version today, looks very different. Um, they've definitely made some improvements and upgrades. I think, I'm not sure, but I think they've got rid of the five minute segment as well, which is kind of nice because often you end up just kind of <laughs> rushing at the end. Um, so I hope you're doing really well. It's been a couple of days. Last night I was out. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute. And then um, got home really late. Still had some other stuff to do. And the time I got to bed, it was yeah pretty damn late, to be honest. So um, apologies for not checking in. But um, so yesterday was cool. It was uh, Wednesday, so I went to the gym. And um, I had a call in the afternoon. I've mentioned before that I'm a trustee for an animal charity in London. And uh, we do some international work as well and I'm one of the members of the international committee so um we had a call about that yesterday um at the moment a lot of the work they do is in Afghanistan although it's in other countries as well but um, we're planning on launching like a sort of subsidiary in another country as well and just had a lot of conversations around that and preparing relevant documentation and talking about risk managements and insurance policies and how you look after your people when they're abroad and all that sort of um, stuff. You know, and I've done this trusteeship for a few years now. And the reason I started it when I did was I um, I just thought it'd be a really good experience, you know, <clears throat> not something I knew about what being a trustee meant and uh, the inner workings of an animal charity and all that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I've been doing it for a few years um, and certainly, you know, I've learned a lot and a lot of stuff that I'll be able to carry forward into um, things we do in the future. Um, it's also, you know, a similar size organization, ironically, in terms of the number of staff as the Ralph's going to be. Um, and, you know, has some really interesting insights into the structure uh, of the charity organization um, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been good. Um, <clears throat> and the evening, actually, I met with a vet who works in a charity um who is uh, very passionate about education, um, you know, but basically she's very passionate about animal welfare and how she can participate in educating people that um, are in countries where they don't have, or in particular in countries where they don't have access to good quality veterinary education. And, you know, so that they can spread that information to their colleagues and basically impact animal welfare in that regard. Um, so, you know, we met in the evening and uh, had a good long uh, conversation um, about that. And uh, the reason for that really was that I've mentioned before that we are planning to set up a, um, a charity as part of, it's going to be operating from the premises of the Ralph, but it's going to be a separate entity uh, legally and so forth. Um, but one of the things I want that charity to do is to basically create and disseminate good quality veterinary education, especially internationally to places they do not have access to that kind of level of education, to create it and disseminate it for free. So to harness modern technology, to allow people all over the world to access information, you know, and I see with my veterinary ECC group that we often have applicants, or I often have applicants from, you know, Nigeria and India and Malaysia and all kinds of places. Um, some of whom aren't requesting to join because they have any interest in dogs and cats that, you know, they're 
I think it's just a veterinary group and so they think they want to join but others who genuinely do and um, you know I, there is a I'm pretty sure that there is a thirst for better quality education that people aren't currently getting their hands on and obviously the internet um, should be able to orchestrate that so you know one of my other visions in life is to create this big resource of education that we make available to people for free uh, so that people all over the world can be accessing that information and also some of them can come and hang out with us at the Ralph and get some teaching you know both by primary care vets but also by specialists and you know just um because because a lot of those things you have to be cognizant of are you know the context of where people work right and so some of the things that we take for granted in the UK or the US or Australia or Canada or whatever you know they just don't have access to and so this person I was speaking to last night, I mean, she's been out and, you know, taught people in, in a number of different countries and you get to understand both the cultural context of companion animals, which is obviously an important part of the conversation, and also just what access to things that they have. And there's no point telling people to do X if they can't go and do X. And, you know, um, so teaching them realistically, knowing what they do have access to, she was giving me an example, uh, you know, of somebody that she was teaching early on in her career at, at charity and uh, was trying to show them about how to wash their hands, you know, um, or scrub their hands rather for prior to surgical procedure. And, you know, she was doing this and demonstrating under running water and, and she, you know, the, the person was just standing there looking at her and she was like, well, okay, so now you have a go. And he kind of said, well, there's no point. And she said, why is there no point? He's like, because we don't have running water. You know, and she's like, oh, I didn't even think that, think hadn't even started to think about such things back then. But obviously, as the years has gone on, she's got more experience with those kinds of things. Anyway, so I want the Ralph, you know, the charity. Um, one of the key things I wanted to do is to to do this, and so we had a good long chat about it all because I think she's got, she's interested in education. She's done some further qualifications in education, training, teaching, and you know has the experience. Um, primary care experience and of teaching in different international countries um, and is passionate about it all. So I think there's a good sort of harmony there between the charity's objectives and what she's doing and wants to do. But, um, you know, nothing's by any means decided. It was just a brainstorm discussion about what she's looking for in life, what we're trying to do and and all of that. So, yeah, so that was cool. Um, and today's been, yeah, a good day like one of those kind of days where um it sort of flowed flashed by <laughs> don't I don't honestly feel like I've got that much done today but hey what can you do it's sometimes you know I've said before when you have meetings and things it can disrupt a lot of the your workflow um but it's going to increasingly become the norm so um yeah to basically really just have tried to do some stuff around the recruitment again today and uh, aside from meetings um and tomorrow I've got to go Again, have a meeting in the morning with someone else I'm hoping to recruit and then go to um, our project management people to try and finalise our phase one designs for the hospital because um, we're not that long now from needing, you know, to start making some progress. So um, that's pretty much what tomorrow looks like, really, uh, and some travelling in between, obviously. Um, I've also got to try and get some uh, budget stuff done, <clears throat> clarify some requirements, um, couple of other things outstanding so yeah it's kind of a bit of a bottleneck at the moment but um I think that's just it's just part and parcel 
Um, the other thing I, I just, before I round off actually, because um, just because the five minute segments are gone, I don't want to end up making these podcasts too long. Um, I just had a phone call from somebody who reached out to me via email to say, you know, that um, he's a vet in practice that I know a little bit. Um, and, you know, we've exchanged paths before. Really, really lovely guy. Um, definitely aspiring to do the right things and the best he can and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, he was, you know, he's reached out to me because he's sort of a bit of a career conundrum, if you like. I won't go into the specifics of this situation, but um, I've spoken to many people over the years, you know, who want to consider internships and residencies and go on and specialise and they're not always clear about the best paths or even if they want to do that. And, you know, sometimes people feel the burden of pressure of time. Um, and on the flip side, you can't not be proactive if you want to do those sorts of things. So I've had these conversations with people many times over the years, either via email or in person or on the phone. Um, and it's really interesting actually, because I think, um, his conundrum, if you like, you know, you just got to make decisions, but a lot of it's much more about your personal development and your self-awareness and the kind of person you are. Um, and really I was sort of saying to him, you know, that like he has a choice to make, but I think he's got instinct. He's kind of already made it. Um, and you could tell that and objectively, I'm not sure he's making the right decision objectively, depending on what he wants to do. But, um, I was, you know, in the end it was like, well, are you the sort of person that's also going to live with regret? So if you make the decision that you think is right now and it turns out to not be, is that going to bother you? And to what level is it going to bother you? You know, if it's going to bother you a lot, then yeah, you need to <laughs> think about that too, right? If it, if you're like, you know what, no regrets, no looking back, I made the right decision for me at the time, it didn't work out, etc. then great, you know? And um, these things just really end up boiling down to self-awareness, I think, really, and what kind of a person you are. Um you know, so I think that has to go into the mix of these decisions. It's not just to, so I can advise on objectively what the choices are. You know, he tells me what his choices are. And I, I have a good sense, I think, after all these years in the profession in the UK and in, you know, being a specialist and having worked in academia and all that, of what the right choices are to try and get you to where you want to go, depending on where you want to go. But that's fine. And I can advise on that. And, um, but what I can't do is to, you know, understand with a phone call with somebody I don't know that well, um, what the consequences of those decisions are. And only every, any individual and the people that know you very well, I guess, can know those things. Um, but at least it's, you know, I think it's just some merit in at least pointing out to people that those are the other things that they have to consider. It's not just the objective analysis of the situation. It's also how do you cope with your choices as an individual, um, Anyway, cool. So thank you for listening. Um, hopefully this will work because I say our anchors uh, looks very different right now. <laughs> and so um, hopefully I'll be able to, uh, to publish it. And uh, yeah, and I will catch you again uh, tomorrow evening, I imagine. And um, in the meantime, take chances, be compassionate and live in a beautiful state. Have a pure heart. and Get your hands dirty. Cheers. Bye bye.